Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. So there's a few things that I've found as we've spent the last um, few weeks talking about faith that I feel like are challenges that have kind of popped into my, my view the landscape of my life, things that have popped up and I'm like, you know what, if, if my life is gonna be lived out on faith that is a gift from God, if I wanna walk this out in my everyday, there's a few challenges that I think we're gonna face as believers, right? Yeah. It's not like, yes, I have faith and then that's it. Like, you never, faith is never tested, as if that's the thing, <laughs> right? As soon as you're like, you know what, I'm gonna have faith for this. As soon as you say something like that, we all know immediately your faith gets tested, right? It's like, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> Dear God, give me patience. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> like, you know, if you have kids, you know. Um, so there's a few challenges that I feel like we are going to face, and this is not an exhaustive list, so you know, bear with me. Number one, I think one of the challenges we're going to face is the inclination that we have to substitute function for connection, right? Because if we're honest, on a heart level, as humans, often after the first burst of like excitement and yes, I want to do this, oh, God is so good, I was in this worship experience, and then we walk out the door and real life hits us right in the face like, like a, you know, whatever, the boxing glove to the nose. As soon as we walk out the door and we're hit with that, we're like, wait, do I really, maybe I'll just like press pause till next Sunday and then I'll be back, you know? It's easier sometimes to substitute the function of religion for the connection of relationship with Jesus. And so on a heart level, we have to be careful of that, not to remove the vulnerability of God addressing our hearts, of doing heart surgery on us for the task of, let me just get from A to B. Right, so I'm, I'm reminded of Mary and Martha straight away when I think of that like task versus connection. Mary and Martha, Martha invites Jesus to her home to teach and to be in her home. And Martha's in there like, getting everything ready. She is doing the thing. She is hosting the party. And ironically, we're going into Thanksgiving week. <laughs> she is doing the thing. She is like baking from scratch. She is making sure everybody's taken care of. And she looks out and she sees Mary, her sister, just sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. And instead of being like, oh, Mary, that, what a beautiful heart you have to sit at the feet of Jesus. She's like, well, why is she sitting in there doing nothing? Well, I'm in here. I'm baking my from scratch pie crust and like offense, offense, offense. Because how dare she sit at the feet when Martha's in there sweating it out in the kitchen? And this is just like a side note as we enter Thanksgiving. If it brings you alive to make a homemade pie crust, do it. But if you're gonna be sweating and angry at everybody watching the football, then just buy a Sarah Lee. You know what I'm saying? Like let's... Let's not miss the connection and the point of like getting together and being thankful because we've substituted the like, well, I got to make it all homemade. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I will visit Marie Callender in the freezer section with a quick knock on the door and slide that thing out ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I am not trying to make anything from scratch. So now you know me. <laughs> 
If I come to your house and I bring something, it will most likely be handmade by Publix. <laughs> Just got to know your strengths, you know? <laughs> so we have to be careful on this faith walk, not to substitute function for connection, because we were created for relationship. And that's what Jesus wants. It has to come. Our faith alone walk has to come out of relationship with him. He's more interested in you sitting at his feet while the dishes pile up in the kitchen than he is with your house looking perfect and missing that he wants a relationship with you. That can be substituted for your yard too, okay? Not just talking about ladies, not that ladies can't do the yard because that's a great workout. Number two, <laughs> a challenge we can find as we walk out the faith journey that we're on is when we find ourselves looking for a solution that's instantly seen from a God who moves in the unseen, right? Like, here I am, I'm believing for this thing in faith. I'm holding on to hope that God's gonna show up and I'm not seeing anything yet. It says in Hebrews 11:3, what we read before, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. He is not limited by what you and I are limited by, right? So often, we'll find ourselves putting his abilities inside of our parameters and thinking there's just no way. He's like, he's not showing up this time. And it's often because we've shrunk him down to where we are instead of raised our level of faith to where he is. And I honestly believe that the enemy can get into our faith walk and distract us from the road that we're called to endure and persevere on by shrinking God down to our size when he has no business living inside of our parameters. In fact, he's there, but he's everywhere. So you might think you're putting a box around him, but he has no box. You're only limiting yourself when you do that. You don't change who he is. You change who you think he is. So keep sowing in faith. We know that what we sow in faith, we reap in righteousness. We understand the principle of reaping and sowing. You put something in the ground, it's gonna produce something. So let's sow in faith. Let's not wait for God to work in what we can see. Let's believe that he's working right now in the unseen. And let's keep sowing in that faith because when it produces a harvest, we're gonna see a harvest of righteousness that looks like the kingdom work God planned to do all along. Let's not jump off the ride in the middle of the journey just to jump back on the end like, oh yeah, I figured he'd show up. Let's take the whole journey and get everything out of it that God has intended you to get. Let's reap all the things on the journey. All right. Everybody good? Take a breath. <laughs> I always joke that when I prepare for a message, I'm like, great, I have four messages in one Sunday. <laughs> awesome. Um, in the summer of 2001-ish, who could know, somewhere around there, I got in a car and I drove to Palatka, and it was great, my Palatka friends here today. I ended up on a runway with a tiny plane on it with a couple people around. I had to sign a bunch of papers. I had to put on a weird suit that felt like it's not, surely nobody wears this. And I got in a plane with a friend or two, and we took off on the runway. And we kept climbing and climbing, and there was no door on the airplane, which makes a takeoff and an ascension pretty sketchy feeling. 
Feels like they forgot to do something. <laughs> you know, did you mean it? No, you didn't mean to shut the door. Okay, cool. So off we went and we ascended to about 20,000 feet. I'm still wearing my funny suit. And um, as we got to 20,000 feet, the instructor that was with us came over and he began to clip his clips to the back of my clips with my funny suit. And he had a parachute on. I didn't, which feels kind of messed up. You know, could I just have one like a just in case parachute? Like (laughs) too much between us? I don't know. So sure enough, he comes over. Are you ready? Uh, Well, I guess I have to be now because here we are at 20,000 feet and there's no door on the plane. And he stands me up and he says, just put your feet over the edge. So I'm like, okay, so here I go. I'm not a chicken, but inside I'm like, I'm chicken, I'm a chicken. And um, as my feet get over the edge of the door at 20,000 feet and the wind's blowing by and the guy's inside, I'm like, you're in the plane. I'm like halfway out of the plane. All the thoughts are running through my head like, who even are you? Like, you don't even know me. (laughs) He doesn't care what happens to me. This all goes wrong. He's like letting go of me. And so I hang out the door and this is the worst part is they, I guess to propel you out of the plane, they start to rock you back and forth. So I'm like halfway out of the plane getting rocked out and rocked in. You don't really know when you're going to go. So it's like every time is a terrifying moment. I feel like maybe they do that just to mess with you because surely you could just get one good woo. Anyways, so I'm in and out of the plane and eventually we just launch out of the plane. And I remember telling my parents, going skydiving because I'm 18 and I can because I was naughty like that. My poor parents. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. Um, I remember telling them, and I remember telling my my mom's dad, my opa, um, going skydiving, and my parents were like, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane, right? That's what normal people say. My opa was like, I'm proud of you, (laughs) because he used to fly planes, (laughs) so, you know, Air Force. And so he thought it was awesome. As soon as he said it was awesome, I'm like, yeah, that was my confirmation. I'm doing this. So off we go. We're in the plane. I'm thinking about all those things going through my head. And I remember my opa told me, when you jump out of a plane and you start flying through the air, you feel that feeling of falling only for a moment because you hit terminal velocity and you stop feeling the feeling of falling. There's like a moment when you just feel wind. You're not falling anymore and you're just looking around. And I remember falling like, in the wind like, You know, like, just imagine how funny that is. Like, not cute from the other side, but, like, feels kind of cool. My lips are going everywhere, and, like, my face is probably, like, flat back. And um, we stopped that feeling of falling, and you're just looking around at 20 or however many feet you are at at that point, like thousands and thousands of feet up in the air, looking around, and eventually you get close enough to the ground because it starts getting closer and closer, and you're praying harder and harder, and then the guy pulls the chute, and you just get caught and you begin to float down to the ground. And as I was preparing for this message, that story, and I was like, when's a time I've had to have great faith? And this is what popped into my head. And the crazy thing about doing something like skydiving is that someone else packed my parachute that day. Someone else pulled the cord. Someone else gassed up the plane. Someone else made sure that the plane was safe enough to fly. Someone else flew the plane. And all I did was jump out of it. And the thing about faith is I couldn't go and do all the things and then get enough faith to want to do them. I had to start out with the faith that everything they said would happen would happen. And that produced an action on my part to go and do the thing. Right? 
So we've talked about faith for weeks and, a, weeks and weeks in a row. And so today, I wanna talk about a faith that produces. When you look around and you say, I believe God is who he says he is and I believe he will do what he says he will do, what does that produce in your life? How does that change the landscape of your life? Are you with me? Because a faith that is really faith will produce something. But works can't produce faith. But faith can't be without works. And we've been in that tension for weeks. I'm like, tell me about James, the faith and the works, the faith and the works. Tell me, babe, because we've just been talking about the faith. And I'm like, give me A to B. Give me the to-do list. I am in. I'm ready. And the Holy Spirit convicted my heart because until we sit with faith alone being enough, we don't end up with works that are produced from a godly faith. We end up with works trying to produce a greater faith. So there's a few things that I believe that faith should produce in our lives. And I wanna challenge you with this this morning. Number one, an active response. An active response to the faithfulness of God and the salvation of our souls. Faith is a gift to you and I, but choosing to walk in it, that's an action. It's a choice. Choosing to walk in faith, it's a choice for, for both of us. I could come and be like, Amy, I got a brand new iPhone for you. It's like whatever the newest one is, like 47 now, whatever. <laughs> the 47 Pro X Max. <laughs> but if I give you that new iPhone and you never turn it on, it's not worth much to you, right? So to us, faith is a gift. But we have to choose to walk in it and walking in the faith that we've been given produces a harvest in our lives. So there has to be an active response to God has given me faith. I'm gonna choose to walk in my faith. I, if God has said this about my circumstance, I'm gonna start walking it out like I believe he's, what he says is gonna happen, right? This is what it says in Ephesians 2. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him beforehand so that we should walk in them. It says in John 14, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. So we know there are works for us to do, but they have to be born out of faith alone. But if we believe in faith that Jesus is who he says he is, we just start going, all right, I'm gonna do what Jesus said we should do. I believe who he is, and I'm gonna start doing what he says he, that we should do it. This is my active response to faith. It can't earn me love from him. It can't make me more righteous to him, but this is what it looks like to be an active responder to the faith that he's given to me. James 2 tells us that faith without works is dead, but faith can't come from works. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? So also by faith itself, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So I'm gonna skip down a little bit. And at the end it says, and in the same way, was not right, it's talking about the faith actions of people that justified them. And it says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So that's James 2. And the amazing thing that settled in my heart to fit these two together, faith and works, without trying to get faith from works, is that you can no more have faith without works than works without faith, but you can never have a faith that produces works if you don't understand fully that your works can never produce righteousness. 
Okay, I'm gonna say it again. You can no more have faith without works than works without faith, but you will never have faith that produces works if you don't understand fully that your works can never produce righteousness. So this is the marrying of the two. This is like how it looks like for us now as we walk into our everyday life with faith that is followed by an active response of works, but not works that are trying to get more faith. Are you with me? Okay, nothing like a meme to help us understand what we're talking about. Here we go. (laughs) Has anybody seen the like how it started, how it's going? Okay, hopefully this will be helpful. We're gonna go a couple of ways. How it started. Oh, church is so awesome. I really wanna please God, so I'm gonna do great stuff for him, and that's gonna help me have more faith so I can keep going on this faith journey. It's really, really great. How it started, how it's going. Babies cry, life is real. You can't get faith from works, okay? You with me? Let's do a diagram. I like both of these things because I'm very visual. Faith alone, this is what we start out thinking. Faith alone will produce a believer whose life is full of kingdom work. Works a believer, if we start here, works of a believer in hope that it will produce greater faith. So we have all of our works that we're doing hoping that this will help me have more faith. When God says only faith alone can produce a believer whose life is full of kingdom work, what really happens is when the works of a believer are where we're trying to get faith from, it ends up producing a works-based religion that says, I don't believe that that what Jesus did paid at all. Does that make sense? So this is where we find ourselves. Our faith should produce an active response, but your works can't produce faith. Awesome. Number two, a healthy fruit. So if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, which is what he tells us, This is what it says in John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. And then we're gonna skip down to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So our faith alone should produce an active response and it should produce a healthy fruit. Does anybody garden? Anybody? Uh, Yeah, okay. You know what you sow in will produce a harvest and then what comes from that depends on what was sown, right? If you sow an apple seed, which my children are convinced if they just eat an apple and sprinkle the seeds, we'll have apple trees everywhere. It's cute. The only thing that could come from that seed is an apple tree, right? So if Jesus says, I am the true vine, not I am a vine, and for the record, I think there are many vines that would invite you to be a part of what they're doing that aren't the true vine. Faith alone says, I'm gonna be in the true vine to abide in his love. The only thing that can be produced from abiding in Jesus with faith alone is what Jesus wants to produce out of us, right? Because he's the vine. So anything that's produced out of our simply being in Christ has to be from Christ, right? And our friend, oh, this, let me read this before I go on. Matthew 7, verse 18, it says, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruit. So it's really clear that we'll be recognized by our fruit. And I, and I just, I was reading on my Instagram a story and I had to share it today. Our friend Ryan put up like a post on his Instagram story And this is what it said. It said, a year ago, 
Our beautiful papaya tree snapped in half. We lost all the fruit, almost 30 papayas. It's a really beautiful tree. I thought that it was done. By all appearances, it was lost. But it grew back with more branches and more fruit. A few days ago, another branch broke. And then he says, your brokenness and hurt don't determine who you are. They don't get to tell your story. You are not defined by the scars in your life. Scars show how you healed, how you got through, how you made it. God's not done with you yet. And I was reading that, just thinking, imagine when that beautiful tree snapped in half if they had just uprooted it and thrown it in the garbage. But instead, they let it sit there, stay rooted, be watered. And it began to produce more fruit, even though they thought it was done. It produces more fruit now than it ever has before. And it bears the scars of what happened to it that tell the story that God can do more with what you think is broken than if you uproot yourself and remove yourself from being in a healthy, rooted place. If you remove yourself from being, from abiding in the vine, in the true vine, then you're just a tree branch that broke off and is dying on the wayside. But if you stay in the vine, even if it feels like you've been cracked and broken and God can't do anything else with you, if you just stay in the vine, vine, I believe with all of my heart that God is gonna do more with you in the next season than he ever has in the previous. And the scars that you bear of the pain of your past won't be something that take you out and define the hurt in your life. They'll tell the story of what God did with your hurt. They'll be your testimony. Awesome. So faith alone produces an active response, a healthy fruit, and finally, a heart of repentance. Who's excited that I just said the word repentance? (laughs) Everybody? Great. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Repentance is just saying, I'm sorry, and I'm picking your way. I want to go your way, God. I'm actually really terrible at saying I'm sorry. I know, it's hard to believe. But when Maddie and I are in an argument, which is like never, obviously, I'm, I'm not usually the first one to say I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's something I'm working on. It's not, it's not like the best part of me. So surprise, we don't have everything together. We're still working on things <clears throat> But as I was thinking about repentance, I just thought, man, if I have trouble saying I'm sorry in the natural, how good am I at looking to Jesus and saying I'm sorry, I was wrong. I don't wanna do that, I don't wanna do that anymore. I wanna turn my heart towards you and I wanna set that thing aside. And the thing about a loving father is that they care about what's going on in their kids' lives. The thing about a loving father is that they, he looks at us you and I, sons and daughters, and he loves you and he wants to help you along the journey. And that actually requires an an activity on your part. You can't just sit there. Pastor Brad, a few weeks ago, preached an incredible message called Don't Just Sit There. We can't just sit there. There's a response as people of faith that says, I'm sorry, God, I'm working on this. And it's not just the, the act of repentance when you say yes to Jesus and you say, I'm sorry, I've been choosing my own way, I wanna choose yours. 
I see who you are now. I see that you've come to save me and you've rescued me and you are the only way. It's not just that moment. There are moments as you walk out your Christian faith, the working out of your salvation, where you come before God daily and say, I'm sorry, God, show me what I need to change in my own life so I can look more like you. It's a turning around. I don't wanna do it that way anymore. I wanna do it your way, God. And this is what it says. I think it's so beautiful about repentance in Hebrews 12. It says, and have you forgotten this in his encouraging words spoken to you as his children. He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. The Bible says his kindness leads us to repentance. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? Certainly not my children, <laughs> who are just lovely but need correction. We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves that we are strangers and not sons. So while repentance involves a humbling of yourself and it rids you of pride, it also is a loving heavenly father's way of saying you belong to me as sons and daughters. It is a faith response to a holy God. It is a receiving of freedom for those who are bound up. It is a gift of freedom from a merciful Savior. And it says in 2 Corinthians 7, can't you see the good fruit that has come as God intended because of your remorse over sin? Now you are eager to do what is right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. What holy longing it awakens, repentance. What holy longing repentance can awaken. What passion for God and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. I love that it starts with, can't you see the good fruit that has come? And I'm telling you right now, there is fruit that is waiting to come from the act of repentance in your heart. And that might be the saying yes to Jesus for the first time, or it might be the, hey, I've been on this journey a while and God needs to deal with some stuff. And just like we talked about at the beginning of this message, this is about relationship, not function, okay? This is, he wants relationship with your heart. He doesn't need you to tick off a list of to-dos. All of the doing comes out of the just being with him. And I had a picture of like walking hand in hand with Jesus when you start the journey and he's like, I wanna be with you. This is us together. And here we go, we start walking our journey out and as we're walking, the enemy starts to tell us there are things we need to pick up. And maybe it's a good thing that you're doing. 
that's taking the place of relationship. Or maybe it's something that you shouldn't have ever picked up in the first place. And all of a sudden, you know, you're stacking things in one arm and still holding his hand and, and you're still going. And then all of a sudden you have too much for one arm, so you have to let go and start carrying like this. And then you end up like a Dr. Seuss book where it's like stuck to the ceiling and pieces are falling off and you're just like <laughs> trying to make it. You know, I know you're there, God, but I just, I can't, I'm just gotta focus on what I got in my hands right now. And all of a sudden it's become a function and not a relationship. And what I wanna encourage you with today is, I think he's inviting you to set some things down to just take the load, anything that's taken the place of relationship with him and just set it down and grab his hand and start to walk with him again. Quit worrying about all that stuff that made you feel like you were doing enough and just be with him and let him show you what to do next. Because he invites us to come in, says in the Bible, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you worn out on religion? Come to me and I'll give you a real, real rest. Walk with me, work with me, I'll show you how I do it. So as the team comes, this is an invitation for us. It's an invitation for you and for I to assess what's going on in our hearts. Not to just gloss over because it's Sunday and we did the thing and we came to church, but to really go, God, what are you saying to me this morning? What does my faith lived out look like? How does this look for me practically to walk out of the room this morning and for a faith that is rooted and founded in the love of Christ and the forgiveness and the mercy of a God who never fails produce the kind of life and the kind of works in my life that just point people back to how good he is? It's like this beautiful cycle of I'm so loved, I'm redeemed, I've been forgiven. And you start doing things just because you're like, look what he's done for me. And you, you know they can't earn you a place closer to him, but you just wanna do things that look like the things that he did because he said, you'll do even greater works than these. You're gonna do the things that I did. He told us that. And they're just gonna point people right back to him and then they're gonna begin to understand the love and the goodness and the mercy of the Father. And they're gonna begin to go, I just wanna do the things that Jesus did because he's shown me how much he loves me and I know I can't get any closer to him. I know I can't earn my way closer to him, but my response has to be, I wanna look like you and this is what you did, so here's what I'm doing. So why don't we all stand together for just a moment and as the team begins to sing in a moment, I just wanna invite you to lay down whatever you've been carrying that's taken the place of relationship with him. I wanna invite you to let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart right now and show you what he wants to shift, to show you what he wants to change and allow the love and the mercy of a faithful God to start to steer your life in the direction that he always intended you to be. To take his hand again this morning and to start living with that relationship that says it starts with faith alone. So every eye closed across the room so we have privacy. If that's you this morning and you're like, you know what, I've been trying to figure this out on my own. Or you know what, I've been trying to earn my way back to his love because I'm not sure he can really love me the way I am setting down all of those things that don't reflect the God who loves you and just going, I trust you to show up for me, God, just as I am right now. I can't earn it, I didn't deserve it, but you always show up because you are faithful and I'm putting my faith in you. So if that's you this morning, just raise your hand. And we're gonna begin to sing about the seasons of life and about his faithfulness in every season.
And let's worship from the bottom of our hearts. Let's let the faith rise up to who He is, not to where we've kept Him. And let's begin to sing out to a faithful God in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.